You're listening to the Sunday morning service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Good morning, good morning, everybody. Are you alive and well this morning, church? A couple of you. Are you alive and well this morning, the rest of the church? (laughs) My name is Cameron. If you're new with us, my wife, Samantha, and I are the youth ministers here at Harvest Bible Church. We have the incredible responsibility and privilege to pour into the next generation of young people. Um, Amen. Hallelujah. So this morning, would you do me a favor? Would you turn to your neighbor and say, thank God for the announcements? Thank God for the announcements. Now, turn to your second choice you didn't want to turn to the first time and say it again. (laughs) Thank you for the announcements. Second choice. It's okay. I got a couple announcements for you this morning. I got to hear some noise from all the men in the building this morning. (laughs) couple of you it looks like there's more than that you guys we have the men's retreat coming up august 26th to the 28th uh we're gonna be eagles rest twain heart this is something incredible i want to encourage you especially if you're newer to the church i remember when i first came here i there was a lot of guys and i know your name i know your face but i don't know you and men's retreat is an opportunity to, for men to come together and connect with each other. And we sharpen one another as iron sharpens iron. Amen. Amen. The cost is $125. Uh, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to have some signups. But you heard it today. Can't say you didn't know about it. You heard it. Okay. I need to hear some noise from my youth students. Because we got some announcements for you guys too. That's okay. I'll take that. September 9th and September 10th, we have something really awesome coming up. This is the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk Beach Blitz Overnight Event. This is something really awesome. We went a few years ago, and then um, when COVID happened, they shut it down. And this is their first year back doing it in almost three years. Um, This is really cool. You get there to Santa Cruz. You go to the boardwalk. They clear it out. They kick everybody out. It's just... an assembly of young people they get to camp out on the boardwalk that night they feed you dinner they let you go in the arcade they have a a concert they're going to have a minister to bring a word give students an opportunity to give their life to jesus which is the most important part we wake up in the morning have breakfast and they give you a wristband to go on rides all day um it is really really awesome we had such a fun time we went um (laughs) yeah i have had people ask uh, Y'all need a chaperone or? (laughs) We have more chaperones than students right now who want to go. But the cost for this event is $90, which is a lot. But how many of you know that God is bigger than money? When a student tells me that, I don't know if I can pay that. I'm not even worried about that. I'm worried about your permission slip because I won't let you in the van if you don't have that. Um, But we can work with needing the money. Yeah, pastor said amen. That's the liability. Amen. Um, So with that said, we have some students who have been putting together something really awesome. They're going to have a bake sale for us on August 7th. Um, I have gotten an invite to a Zoom call, I want to say at least three times, uh, three times a day, that is, uh, for the past week. And they will sit there and talk for one hour, trying to get this organized, get everything set up. This is our menu. These are all the ingredients. They are putting in so much work because they want to help other students and help themselves be able to go to this event. So with that said, we want to make enough for everybody. So for the next two Sundays, not starting this morning, but the next two mornings, we're going to have uh, a pre-sale. So if you're interested and if you want to help support our youth and help send us there, Get something at the bake sale. And you get something delicious, okay? I saw the menu. I won't tell you just yet, but you're in for a treat, okay? No pun intended. Um, Anyways, that's it for the announcements this morning, you guys. Junior high students, 6th to 8th graders, we're going to take off if you want to follow. Just right out there, we're going to head to junior high. And then uh, Pastor Mark's going to come deliver the word. All right. Thank you, buddy. Amen. Cameron and Samantha do a great job, and they're just a great... Great, great, wonderful young couple. We're blessed. Hallelujah. He has a heart, a heart to reach that generation, even though he's in that generation. He's not that much older. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, hallelujah. 
I think, what are you, 24? Almost 25. Almost 25. Wow, there you go, almost. You know, the scary part about it, when I was his age, I was a senior pastor. That's just scary to look at him and say, God bless you, buddy. Hallelujah. So, anyways, he knows a whole lot more than I did at that time, so it's good stuff. Hey, good morning. So, hey, you know, Wednesday night I taught a, a message called uh, about your believer. So how many of you are your believers doing pretty good today? If you didn't hear that message, you know, so what do you mean by your believer? That's the person on the inside of you that actually believes, that actually has faith, that actually believes because faith is of the heart. Amen? Sometimes you got to look in the mirror and say, okay, how's my believer doing in there? What's he believing for? What is he acting for? What is he expecting? So my question is, what did you come expecting this morning for? Did you come expecting something? Did you come believing that God was going to touch your life? Did you come expecting for the Word of God to change you? Amen? You know, we have to, we have to participate in things. We have to come. Uh, there's no longer any more spectator church. Amen? In fact, a, fan, a really, really good friend of mine, you guys all know, he has actually wrote a book about there's no longer a spectator church. And so I'm waiting for it to come out. It's going to be fun to see what he has to say in it. But anyways, if you have your Bibles, go to John chapter 8. We're going to share some things, and then we're just going to keep uh, along the same lines and same themes. You know, last week we had this incredible light show, smoke, bubbles, all kinds of wild things here because we did for the youth. It made a lot of people happy, made a lot of people mad, got all the religious devils up, up and upset, you know, couldn't handle it because of not wanting anything like that. You know... It, it, Methods and things are, you know, hey, those are things that go. Kids love to do and, and get them imparted into it. And I thank God for our kids' crusade that we had. We had several, several kids get born again, several kids hear the message of Christ for the very first time and change their lives, okay? You know, and, uh, uh, you know, we had um, an illusionist here. You know, we don't call them magicians anymore. We call them illusionists. And he was really good. He shared about what was going on, but he was very, very good at what he did, you know. But what you, many of you may not know that in the midst of this, his daughter was in the hospital. His six-year-old daughter was in the hospital and had a lot of things. He was not going to come, but, uh, you know, he, he talked to us and everything. And then he just said, you know, if it's that, I was going to come. And, of course, she got out of the hospital, and they are believing God for some things that were taking place. It was not COVID-related, or but it was, there were lying symptoms in her body. It was very serious. And uh, so, but he was just such a sweet, sweet guy. We had just tremendous blessing with him and, and uh, really got to pray with him and talk to him. So we just thank God for that and thank God his daughter's doing good. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. So, uh, and, uh, you, know, it, you know, when you see things like that, the biggest key is, is seeing kids light up and seeing uh, the love of God and seeing, seeing the grace of God in their lives and seeing the acceptance and seeing the change and transformation. Amen? Now, my heart is, is we want to keep them that way. Getting kids excited, getting youth excited is keeping them that way because then they turn out to look like you. So we want to get you excited. You know, you know, there's a big difference between rejecting faith and departing from the faith. And I'm not so concerned about all the world that's rejecting faith. I want them to be saved. I want to get the gospel to them. What really concerns me because I'm a pastor because I love my sheep, is I'm really concerned about all those that are departing from the faith. All those that are letting uh, the things of the world creep in and the things come in that waters down their faith, that diminishes the power of God in their lives, and that they begin to compromise or they begin to accept ways of the world. And, uh, you know, the, the key is that's one of the greatest things uh, that we need to fight against because it's basically the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. And uh, Nicholas was the last person who was one of the, you know, guys or the seven men there that they picked out uh, that were full of the Holy Ghost, honest report. And he was he was a proselyte. He wasn't a, a Jew. He was he had converted over to Judaism out of paganism. And so, but in, but in Revelations, Jesus said to the church at Ephesus, "He said you hate the doctrine of Nicolaitans, and so do I." Amen. And then he talked to about the church at Pergamos because the doctrine of Nicolaitans was trying to get into there. And that whole doctrine was, hey, listen, it's okay if you do anything. It's okay because there's a good grace of God. It's okay if we mix this with this and we mix that with that. It's okay. See how close we can get. Let's straddle the fence. 
And, it, and what goes over where Paul told Timothy, there are those that have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. And listen, church, we've got to have the power of God in these last days. I mean, the more and the, and the longer I go, the more I look at things, the more I'm, I mean, we've got, to, we've got to hang on to what we got. We've got to stir up the gift on the inside of us. Amen. Here in, in John's gospel, chapter eight, these are scriptures that have been our whole scripture for the month of July uh, because of the kids crusade, because something that we've been, we prayed about, thought about. And right here in verse 32, it says, Actually, verse 31 says, Then Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Amen? Amen. Notice he said these are people who got born again. They accepted that Jesus was the Messiah. The problem, he said, listen, he said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples. And then you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Verse 36 says, and he whom the son sets free is free indeed. Amen. Amen. Now go with me, if you would, over to uh, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4. Hallelujah. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. He says, now the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrine of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. All right? He goes on to say, forbidding to marry and to uh, commanding to abstain from certain meats which God has created to receive with thanksgiving, you know, of them which they to know the truth. Truth. But really what happens, I want to talk to you about verse 1 and, 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 and seeing the truth of the here. Because he says, many or some, you know, shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrine of devils. There's a lot of seducing things going on right now. There's a lot of doctrine of devils that just, you know, you know when you poison something, you don't ever just stick out the poison because nobody's in it. You always put it in something that's nice. But how many know a little poison can cause a lot of problems? Amen. Hallelujah. And, you know, here's the thing. How many remember that in the Old Testament, they had the kings always had cupbearers and they had uh, 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 people in front. And actually, even all the way through when there was kings, they always had people that tasted the food or drank the things ahead of them. So if they died, then the kings wouldn't eat it. (laughs) And it was this great honor, you know, and sometimes it wasn't because of somebody really trying to kill the king. It was just bad cook. Okay. But so, but they didn't trust anybody. How do you know that we've gotten to a place where many of us need a cupbearer? We need somebody who's to, to encourage. We need somebody to say, "Hey, this works to encourage us again." And that's not true. We need to understand that what Jesus said in His Word is truth. You know, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It's something that we need to grab a hold of. So my, my sermon this morning is going to be on, on helping you not depart from the faith and strengthening you and enabling you uh, to understand that we don't need to listen to what's going on in the lives of the enemy. I mean, there's so many things that are happening, so much pressure that's going, and the whole thing is compromise. The whole area is acceptance. You've got to accept my sin. If you don't accept my sin, then you don't love me. What a lie. It's a lie. That's saying, hey, when you raise your kids, I love you, but they continually keep lying. I don't like the lying. We're going to deal with that. We're going to deal with things. There are things that take place. And the minute that you say, well, if you don't accept everything about me, then you don't love me. That's a lie. That's not what the Bible says. It's just not what the Word of God says. See, we've got to stick with the Word of God. We've got to make sure we're not abandoning it. And we say, yeah, but they're not going to like me. I know they're not going to, but you've got to tell them the truth. I would rather tell you the truth. And in the end, you know the truth. You know, because here's the thing about it is, is that it's better to be divided with the truth than to be united in error. So, so compromise you with them and tell them how, oh, it's going to be. Listen, you've got to tell them the truth if they hate you. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. You know, and we get excited about it. Yeah, but these are my kids, or these are my, my, my relatives, or these are my friends, these are so, and I don't want to be persecuted. They're going to ostracize me. I understand that. 
But we're not going out and trying to force our thing on them. We're sharing the gospel with them. We're talking to them. Our very existence causes problems. So that's why they attack us. That's why they get mad. That's why they, every time they come around and say, oh, you're, just, you're judging me. We never judge. I never judge anybody with my mouth. And that's the problem with we have with, you know, we see all the judgments. We see all things because we have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all these other Snapchat. We have everything so everybody can express their wonderful lives. God bless them. You know, when you get on there and criticize anything or anybody, glory to God, God bless you. You just added to the gossip that's already on there. You know, don't cast your pearls before swine in the sense of what's going on. You know, it's better to speak the truth that hurts and then heals than to speak a lie that's going to cause division, that's going to, even though you're going to comfort them at the moment, but it's going to kill them later. Amen. We look at this, we don't want to stand in our, yeah, but you don't understand. Yes, I do understand. I do understand. I do understand the havocs and I do understand of what goes on and you can get people, you get separated and you just pray and you believe God, but you got to tell them the truth. You got to tell them the truth because let me just share with you. If you don't tell them the truth and they end up dying and going to hell and then at the great white throne judgment, they look up and you're sitting in the stands and they're going to say, why didn't you tell me more? Why didn't you tell me the truth? Why did you say it was okay? I was 12 years old when I had that vision. And it's vivid, and I can give it everything else. And all of my friends at that particular time, you know, and I saw all of them. And if I'd have known it, I probably that's when I was called, but I didn't know it was called. But I had a vision, and that's what exactly what I had. And it was like they all just were screaming out, how come you didn't tell us? How come you're on that side? How come you didn't tell us how to get there? And so I've been trying to tell everybody ever since how to get there. Because what happens is, is that we have a tendency to think, yeah, but what if they don't like me? You know, it's better not to be liked for telling the truth, too. It's better to stand alone, you know, with the truth and to be wrong with the multitude. And the reason I share that with you is because we need to understand that there's been this whole thought process now, and especially now about how we're going to mix and turn. You can take this and twist it and twist it and make any kind of doctrine you want. You can twist this and take scriptures and make it make everything in your life okay. That doesn't make it okay. It's got to rightly divide the word of truth. You got to know how to take hold of the word of God, and you got to understand then the whole counsel of God. And but we have a tendency; the whole world is trying to do that. They're trying to to look at their lifestyle, and trying to find scriptures that justify their lifestyle. No, you got to take your lifestyle and 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 let the word of God change it. You've got to change this. You gotta, because this Bible is the precept of truth. This is truth. And people get mad and say, no, I'm going to govern my life by the word of God. That's what I'm going to do. And I love my life. Isn't it amazing how people get mad at you because you're happy? They get mad at you because you've got joy and peace and because God's doing things for you and you're just, you're just enjoying. And they get mad because of what your life is like. And it's so shocking. You know, and because of your very, like I said, your very existence in that. But listen, that doesn't do away with the truth of the word of God because the Bible is the precepts of truth. It is truth. And you can't change absolute truth. Truth doesn't change. Amen. It does not change. It's kind of like the law of gravity. If you do not understand the law of lift, which defies the law of gravity, but if you get on top of this building, you jump off, you will know that you believe in the law of gravity. It will work. All right? It's the same thing as in the Word of God. It does what it is. Because, see, you understand, the Bible is the precepts of the truth. Jesus is the person of truth. That's why it's so important to lift up Jesus. That's why it's so important to understand how powerful it is and what the Word of God says. And aren't you glad for the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit is the power of truth. And that's where I'm concerned about in the body of Christ. Because I see people wanting to, well, we want to get like this. Listen, we don't conform to the world. The Bible says, be not conformed to the world. It's not enough not to be, just not be conformed, but you've got to be transformed. The world doesn't need to see us just being normal. Now, don't be crazy. Don't be stupid. I mean, we've got a lot of kids. I grew up a lot. Of, but what I'm saying is, is that here's the, biggest, here's the biggest problem. Here's the biggest thing in all the world right now is that they think this book 
It's just like any other book. They think that the gospel can be equally with any other words that are being spoken. They think that God's word is the same as man's word. They think that there's nothing, this is no big deal. That's all quiet in here. See, because, but listen, this is where miracles come from. This is God-breathed, God-inspired, God-spoken. Hallelujah. You can find every one of these words in the Webster's Dictionary, but it ain't anointed unless it's 1928 and all Webster's, okay? Because it's got the Bible in it, and it's this big and this big, okay? Other than that one, every other one you got is not anointed. This is anointed. Why? Because God said it. It's God-breathed. Those words, and when God speaks to your heart, those words are anointed. And those words are far greater, far cry than any other word you're hearing. But what happens is, is that the world is saying, well, that, but that's just the way you believe. And you go, yes, because it works, because of the word of God, because it works because I believe it. Amen? I don't believe it because it works. It works because I believe it. Big difference. Big difference. See, there's a big difference between rejecting truth and departing from the truth. Things that we once knew, things that we once hang on to, the power, the presence of God. We can't deny the power of God. Paul said this, I don't want your faith to stand in the wisdom of men. We've allowed Google. We've allowed all of this history. We've allowed everything else to rob us from the word of God. We've allowed, well, but yeah, but Google says this and it says this. This must be true. It may be a fact, but it ain't truth. Okay? It may be a fact, but it ain't truth. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, when you handle things, and see, the world wants to get mad at us. They want to get upset at us. But we want to love them. So yeah, but how can you love them if you tell them about their sin? You don't have to tell them about their sin. You tell them about the love of God. God's going to, you know, get them. They're going to be convicted no matter what. See, the world can't handle real true love. See, because love speaks the truth. And they say, no, if you don't know, see, that's, see, that's where the humanistic selfish, selfish, that's where humanism comes in. Yeah, but I don't understand that. I don't, but if I don't feel like it, I don't do it. Yeah, it's all about I, 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 instead of about what God says. See, I don't want you to depart. Don't let anybody steal your joy. Don't let anybody steal your faith. You know, when I got married, both things in doing is I said, listen, I love God with all of my heart and my calling of God and what I'm doing, but I got to guarantee you, I'm not going to go to hell for anybody. Amen. You see, that sounds very harsh and very terrible. It is, but it was truth. I'm going to serve God no matter what, and I'm going to do what God says to do. And see, we, we have a tendency to allow others to mess with us. And granted, we need others to be in our lives. Amen? Hallelujah. Y'all doing okay? I know it's kind of heavy. It's like, glory to God, Pastor. And see, it's going to be your word against mine because this is not going out. It's not being a hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is, this is pure love right here. This is like, yes, you talk about freedom. No. Listen, I love everybody. I love these people. I see the hurt and the pains. I love all those that are messed up in their lifestyles. I love them, but I know that they don't need to be messed up. See, when you know the truth, you want to get the truth to them. You love them so much, you pray for them, you weep for them, you do. But you can't allow, you know, uh, uh, the departing of the faith. So many people have departed. And I'm a pastor. I, I want to get people back. I mean, if we just had a revival of the, all the people that once knew God come back, none of the churches would be able to, to fill it up. None of the people, because there's so many people that are, that are hurt. So yeah, well, I got hurt in church. Well, welcome to the club. Praise God. All of us got hurt in church. You know? Hallelujah. But we need to understand the Holy Spirit is the power of truth. And since the Holy Spirit is the power of truth, he's going to reveal truth to us. And when you know the truth, what does the truth do? It makes you free. And it doesn't mean you're free to lord it over somebody. It doesn't mean you're free to use it as a cloak of, of maliciousness or see, put it, people down. It's a freedom of saying, man, I want to help you get free. Because that's how true freedom is. I want to help you get free. I want to reach out and I want to touch lives. I want to help people. You know, that's a heart's cry. 
We want to see people born into the kingdom, but we want to see those that are hurting, that are once believed God, once had faith in God, or once trusted in God in areas that are not trusting Him. They're allowing the things of the world to come in and to bombard them. Amen? Now, you remember that, how many of you ever read the book of Jude? You know, Revelation, right for Jude. It's just one chapter. It's just one of these, just like 25 verses. And, uh, but in Jude, you know, chapter 1, verse 3 says this. And I'm going to read it to you out of the New Living Translation. He said, Dear friends, I had been eagerly planning to write to you about the salvation we all share. But now I find that I must write about something else, urging you to defend the faith that God has entrusted once for all time to us holy people. Jude said, man, I wanted to write to you about our salvation, write about all this night, but I found out there's some things happening. And this is in the first century, or actually, you know, in there, yeah, in the first century when the gospel was being written and all these things. He's finding out there's people that have come in that they're, they're saying, listen, they're telling you all kinds of different things to water down the gospel, to not, not let the power of God and the true gospel, which is what he, there to be, or what God intended it to be. He said, I've got to tell you how to defend the faith. And he goes on to talk about three things, and you've heard me preach on that. Talks about the way of Cain, the error of Balaam, and the rebellion of Korah. Guess what? We've got the way of Cain, the error of Balaam, and the way of Korah going on so strong right now. So, so what's that? The way of Cain is I'm going to do it my way. I mean, it doesn't matter. God said do it this way, but that's okay. As long as I do something, it's going to be okay. And that had to do with offerings, had to do with bringing it before God. If, 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 if Cain would have brought, brought the first of his crop, if he'd have brought the best of his crop, it would have been great. He brought an offering, but he didn't bring the best. He didn't bring the first. <laughs> Man, God's being a little bit legalistic. No, God's being God. I mean, as parents, we tell our kids, listen, do this. This way, just do this, you know. Because why? Because we know that's the way to do it. Amen. We're not being legalistic. We're telling them, listen, that's going to be the best reward. And with God, God knows everything. And so if we trust Him, He has something so much better for us. Amen. Amen. So many things better for us. Hallelujah. You know, we look at what, what the truth is here. And He says, hey, you know, here's what, here's, man, mm. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for stopping me on that one. Anyways, let's talk about the error of Balaam just for a little bit. You know, Balaam was a prophet, and so the king came and said, listen, I want you to curse Israel so I can defeat them. And Balaam said, I can't curse whom God has blessed. He said, yeah, but I'm going to give you all this money. I'm going to give you all. And see, pretty soon, man, the king was offering a whole lot. And so Balaam was like, guess what? I can't curse them, but let me tell you how to defeat them. Let me tell you how to defeat him. He said, you mingle with them and you mix with them and you let them marry your, your, your ladies and you let them do all And then what? You will dilute them and you will diminish them and then you will defeat them. And the king paid him off. You know, and God had mercy because God used a donkey to save him. But, uh, you know... But the key is, is that what is the error of Balaam? Because we allow, well, if we do a little compromise here, if we do a little compromise, we won't get persecuted. We won't have people not like us. You're going to stir up trouble. You're just going to make problems. Amen. Hallelujah. But you know what? We need to let the word, and it's not that we're going out pushing and pushing. It's just that we're letting the love of God, but we're also speaking truth. Amen. Now, the flat rebellion of Korah is that basically he said to Moses, they said, hey, we're tired of you being our leader. What makes you think? Who, how come you're the one that gets the rule? We don't think God can talk to you anymore. We speak about all of our leadership and we, you know, do things that cause great problems. Hallelujah. You know, of course, we also know that's when the earth opened up and swallowed them. Had Pac-Man, the earth became Pac-Man, just chomped him real good, man. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you don't want to do that at all. You know. But Jude had this thing, he said, I need to do this. 
I've got to tell you how to defend the faith because what we have now is we have people coming in and they're saying, yeah, but I'm tired of getting persecuted. I'm tired of being, you know, talked about. It seems so hard. Well, it's not hard if you allow the Spirit of God to rise up within you. Because who cares? Hallelujah. You know, if the world doesn't like you. They didn't like Jesus. Because here's something. How many of you know that in your lives, whenever you, had to, whenever you compromise what you believed, it always cost you? Whenever you violated your conscience, it always messed you up. You know, let's just put it flattening. Whenever you had to say a little lie to get by, that lie always came back to haunt you. Amen? But here's the thing. Let's get back to this right now. You ready for the next 14 minutes to be good? You know, I beat you up for the last, you know... 20 minutes, so now let's, let's make you happy, okay? Hallelujah. Here's the, here's the biggest thing. Believe it or not, Satan cannot destroy truth. The world cannot destroy truth that you know. And see, truth sets you free. If the truth brings freedom, it doesn't bring any guilt or any condemnation. And many of you, you felt guilt and condemnation about things, and you're trying to figure out how, do you gonna, how do I love people in the midst of, of all this? You love them. You reach out. Love reaches. Love always reaches out. Love. Love doesn't condone. Love doesn't condemn. Amen? Amen. Love always speaks the truth and let everybody else deal with it. And when they get upset and mad at you, you just say, I, "You can't be mad because I, I told you the truth." You know. See, Satan can't. He can't destroy the truth. So what he tries to do is he tries to water it down, diminish it, to get it to yeah, yeah, you know. And, and he tries to get you not to speak what the Word of God says. But the Bible says that we can be happy, we can be fulfilled, we can be strong, we can let the Word of God dwell in us richly, we can do what God says to do as long as we're not loving the world, but we're loving Him. And He'll lead us in what He, what he has for us to do. Remember, He told us in the world we're going to have tribulation, but He said, be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. And we've got to be the light. We've got to be the light. Listen, folks, we've got to do this because we've got to let the gifts and the callings of God come out of us. Amen? We've got to let these things flow forth and flow out so that God, grace, God's mercy, God's love, because people are going to watch it. We are living epistles being read of all men. You're probably the only Bible a lot of people are going to see. You're the only word of God that a lot of people are going to get. And it's going to be from your voice and from what you do because of your kindness, because of your wisdom, because when I say your wisdom, it's God's wisdom in you. Amen? Because we know that the Bible says the God of this world has blinded the eyes of everybody out here, but I'm concerned about the church. Let's stir it up. We still are going to have the fire and the power of God, which is the Word of God. We've got to go back to the Word. We've got to go back and believe what God's Word said. We still believe that it's Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Amen? And here's the thing. In Genesis chapter 3, what did Satan do? What did the serpent do when he came to Eve? He said he lied to him, but he came to him and he questioned the word of God. Did God not say that you can't eat of any of the trees? You can't eat of any of these trees. And she's like, no, we can eat of, any, we can eat of all the trees of the garden except one. We just can't eat from the one in the middle. God said, don't eat that. Don't touch it. Now, the key is, is that God said, don't eat of it. He didn't say, don't touch it. I think Adam added that with these, don't touch it. That way you don't touch it. You won't know about it. Just, you can't eat that one. But then the serpent said, no, 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 no. See, God knows. God's withholding from you. God's not letting you do some things. God's not giving you. See, if God knows that when you eat that fruit, you're going to become like him. Deception. Deception and deceiving. That's what he does. See, when you're a youth, when you're you know, a kid, you think, that, oh, I can't do this. Your parents are, my parents will let me have no fun. That's because we don't want you to burn the house down. We don't, we, don't, we don't want to have you to you know, break your arm. We don't want you to, you know, they won't let me jump off the balcony. It's like, no, that's not a good idea. You know, I know you're Superman, but that don't work. Okay. And uh, so we, we see these things. And, but see, you no, know, God knows everything. God's not wanting us not to have fun. God knows the truth. God wants, to set, God wants us to be the most happiest, most joyful people in all the world. So that the rest of the world can see how great he is to you and I. Hallelujah. We know Adam messed up. You know, when he messed up, he sinned. He caused all sin to come into the world and all evil came into the world. But thank God that Jesus came and defeated the devil. 
Thank God for the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the greatest thing. That's the greatest thing is that when you truly understand the love of God, when you truly understand the love of God, it changes everything. Because you can truly love people when they totally hate you. And when they totally don't like you. Amen. You can. Because you know that they hated and didn't like Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. The enemy's always trying to take away from us. God's always trying to add. Hallelujah. To our lives. You know, there's, there's two systems that we got to go from. We're either going to go by the devil system or the world system. We're going to go by the kingdom of God. And we've all been translated out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of God. And there are principles in the kingdom of God that work. Amen. Amen. They truly work. And they truly do. And I guarantee you, people want to run to see your light. And they're going to run and ask you the reason the hope within you. And we've got to pray. We've got to stand our ground. But the key is we got to defend the faith. we got to fight for the faith for all that. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life. Now's not a time to, to back up. Now's not a time to stop speaking the word of God. Now's not a time to stop declaring the word. Now's not a time, time to stop loving the world. The way we love the world is by speaking the truth. We don't love the world by allowing them to just do what they want to do in our lives. Y'all doing okay? Amen. Hallelujah. 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 You know, we, we, we need to, to, to understand because when we take hold of, of the Spirit of God and we begin to realize, wait a minute, God said this. God said he's never going to leave me nor forsake me. God loves me. God also said that I, these signs follow them that believe. God also said that, you know, if I allow, do his word, if I do his commandments, if I do his word, then I'm his disciple. So I've got to continue to do that. I've got to continue to let my light shine. To the best of my ability. And when you let your light shine, yes, you're going to get persecuted. You know, the Bible says, those that will live godly shall suffer persecution. I know we don't like that verse. It's amazing how many people have verses in the Bible that say, well, I don't like that one, so I don't, I, don't, I don't believe in that one. I say, I understand that. I'm not too happy about that one either. But it just, it works in that. But how do we not fulfill the lust of the flesh? We walk in the Spirit. Remember what I said? The Holy Spirit is the power of truth. So if this truth is not as powerful as it needs to be in your life, then you need to stir up the gift of God that's in you. We're all born of that spirit. Amen? You know, Paul said this in, in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. He said, I pray that your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Spirit, soul, and body. Because when you got born again, your spirit's what got born again. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions, okay? And your flesh is your flesh, okay? And your flesh does whatever the mind and the spirit tells it to do. Because if it's left to itself, it'll destroy itself, you know. It won't eat one piece of cake, it'll eat the whole cake. You know? It won't just, you know, it'll just do it. It won't, you know, it's like, hey, you're going to deal with this. But, you know, and the key is when you get born again, your spirit's alive unto God and your soul is being saved, James says, which means it's being renewed. We got to renew our mind on the word of God. And not only is it not to conform, but we renew our mind to know what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. But also, did you know in Romans chapter uh, uh, 12 there, it goes down to say that your gifts, you need to start using them and doing that because God connects you with a church. God connected you with Harvest Bible Church and he connected you so that we can go forth as a mighty moving force but also so that you have a place and and God has a plan so we can give impartation to you that will help you stay saved help you finish your course with joy help you finish this race God wants you to finish and we're going to finish we're going to continue to finish but we're not going to depart from the faith we're not going to diminish the power of God we are not we are going to give God our best hallelujah we're not going to dilute the gospel People are going to get frustrated. People are going to get mad. They're going to get upset. And we're going to love them through it. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. And we are definitely not going to do the rebellion of Korah, okay? In the rebellion of things, of coming against things and speaking these things. And we're not. We're going to allow God to be God in our lives. Hallelujah. We truly, truly are going to do that. Amen. Amen. I I just know, you know, that if we'll allow, understand that we are born again, but we'll allow to renew our mind on the word of God and hang on to the things of God. 
I'm thinking of a, of a person right now, and I remember because he said, you know, I, I was talking to him, and it was many years ago, but he said, you know, I used to believe this. I used to do all those things you're saying. I used to, uh, you know, share my faith. I used to uh, confess the things about it. I used to believe in all that God was doing. And he said, but now I don't. And I said, well, let me ask you a question. When you were doing all these things, when you were actually doing what the Bible says to do, how was your life? He said, well, it was the best of any other time in my life. And I said, well, that's kind of what I thought. (laughs) I said, but what happened was, is that you had a spiritual blow. How many of you know all of us have spiritual blows? And then because you had a spiritual blow, and then you thought... You know what? It's too much work, this faith thing. It's too much of a fight. I don't want to have to do what I did before to gain victory. Or I don't want to have to do this continually. Even? How do you know that when you, if you do something continually and you form a habit, it's really good, but it only takes about three days of not doing it to wipe that whole habit out. You know, in the natural, it takes 21 days to form a habit takes three days to break it. I mean, that's statistics. So that means three days without reading your Bible, three days without talking to God. And you wiped out a lot of things of what you, you know, but the good thing about God, you can just pick right back up and he'll be right with you and it'll be a good thing. But how, you know, you gotta, you gotta fight the good fight. You gotta, you gotta do that. You gotta allow God to be God in your lives. I'm thinking of another th- a place where a lady who uh, had got, had, had a, had a, you know, she was a nurse and she got a heart murmur and she knew what was going on. They diagnosed everything. And, and so we were, and she didn't really want to go in and, and do operation and stuff. And we were praying. I said, well, let's believe God. So we got her to believe God. We actually faith and do things and God healed her. And it was a real man. And they went back and said, hey, it was really good. Well, then what happened was that she was parked at a stoplight and a semi truck crashed into the back of her car there, and, you know, messed it all about. And I said, well, isn't it good that God can do you know, great things. He can, just like he healed you there, God can heal you of this. And she looked at me and said, you mean we got to go through that faith stuff again? You mean we're going to have to do what we did again? You mean I'm going to have to? I said, okay, time out. You, you got a miracle <laughs> before that, you know, you did, you know, God did super, I mean, and you're healed and whole and you know this. I mean, you're, you know this. And you know what God can do now? Yeah, I said, yeah but I don't want to have to do it that hard. I don't want to have to fight like that. So I want to get your fight back. We've been hit. COVID hit us. People have passed away. Situations have come. We've been hit with all of the stuff that's going on. Uh, we've been hit with inflation. We've been hit. You know, we've, we've been hit. But does that do away with the word of God? Doesn't do away with the promises of God. No matter what. You know, we haven't gotten as bad as the Bible where it says, you know, something's dung is costing money, you know, and you're eating, amen, and you're eating, you know, this or you're eating that, amen. We haven't got to where we're trying to divide a kid in half to see who gets them, okay? We haven't got to any places, and thank God we're not going to get to that, and thank God because God's in the church, but, but we look at these things, we see this, we see God's hand. And I want you to understand this, you know, when I knew that Greg was going to be gone and I knew that I was going to get a free shot at you. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I'm not taking back anything because I love people, but I got to tell them the truth. People want to get upset because everybody wants to hear, well, let's just hear about how lovey-dovey God is. Let's just do this. But we've got to stand up. There's got to be a standard. There's got to be, and here's the thing, if we don't have that standard of, of God's things, there's got to be something different about the church, because it's a place where people can get healed, it's a place where people can get set free, it's a people, place where people can come, get born again, get saved, and, and come and feel like it's a safe place, amen, even in the midst of all the things, we know that, you know, there's going to be errors that come in, but we're going to endeavor to do our best to grab a hold of the truths of the word of God and change the lives of people. You know, and I, I wish I could say that I actually changed those people's minds, but I didn't. I tried. I really tried. I still love them, love them to the day. I love them dearly and they're precious and, you know, and they're still in pain. 
after 30 years. That's sad. But I still love them. Still love them. Still would have fellowship. They're great. But just couldn't get them to fight again. And listen, you got to have fight. You got to be able to fight the good fight of faith. Because here's the thing. Here's what we've done many times. And we'll close on this and then there'll be some things said and done here. But you can't look at the ugliness of the world and try to overcome it. You can't have this mentality. Okay, don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. Okay, don't think about that. Don't think. You're going to be defeated. That'll wipe you out. That's what I call the gutter ball mentality. If you get up to go bowling, you go, okay, don't throw it in the gutter. Don't throw it in the gutter. Where are you going to throw it? Right in the gutter because that's what you're looking at. No, that's why they have the little arrows on that thing. You know why them little arrows? You guys say, okay, I got I to gotta focus on the arrows. Not the gutter. On the arrows. I got to focus on the word of God. I got to focus on what the word of God. If I hit the mark. If Paul said, I, this one thing I do, I press toward the mark. I'm going to hit the mark. I'm going to do this. I'm going to keep pressing in. I'm going to keep using my gifts for the glory of God. I'm going to keep using these things here. I'm going to keep reading the word of God. I'm going to keep fellowshipping with God. I'm going to keep honoring. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep worshiping. I praise God. My prayers avail much. Hallelujah. They do. I'm believing God. Like somebody told me right before, said, you know, it's going to rain. I said, it is going to rain. I'm believing. I don't care how hot it gets. I'm preaching, believing God for rain. 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 Hallelujah. I am. Natural rain and spiritual rain. I don't care what the weatherman says. I don't care what our patterns have been. Glory to God. I'm being like Elijah. I'm going to pray. I'm believing for it. We need it. We need what's going on. We just need it. And and, I, and if God won't let me get out of this crazy state, then it's got to work. Amen. And he's telling me I got to be here. I said, God, if I got to be here, you got to bless it. Because this is my land, my place. I said, where I'm at. So you got to bless this. Because you're my God. Hallelujah. Amen. See, here's, here, this, here's the thing, too. Is our flesh has a steering wheel. It does. The Bible says in James chapter 3 that you steer your life with a little member. And it's this thing that's right up here inside your mouth called your tongue. I know, we don't like to hear that. Because the problem is, is your tongue will steer you into blessings or it'll steer you into cursings. It'll steer you on this, going down the road. You'll be able to adjust. You'll be able to go down or it's going to steer you right into the ditch. It's either going to make the bowling ball go down there and get a strike or it's going to get in the gutter. You know, you've got to allow your tongue to steer you in the right direction. How do we know that? Because the Bible says, a man hath joy by the answer of his mouth. Amen? And if you have joy by the answer of your mouth, then you need to understand, how's that joy? And when you side in with folks and okay their sin, you know you're not going to have joy. But that doesn't mean, that's not a judgment. You're just declaring, hey, I love you, but I'm not loving your actions. I love my kids. I've always loved my kids, but you know there's times I didn't like them. I always loved my kids. I still always love them. There's times I didn't like them. It's like, okay, you know, I had a hard time. Right? I still love you, but boy, do I not like you right now. Because of what you've done and what you're doing, it's not, your actions are not becoming. And we're going to have to change that. Amen? But that never stopped me from loving them. But I didn't condone them either. Amen? It didn't stop me from changing them. And that's what we have to do as the body of Christ. Amen? Now bow your heads, close your eyes for just a moment. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Coria no maria masio to para ca, noria coto basso coto, mia soria ne che passio te pe, maria cotosio cotunti ti tosta, taria so, ya recosca, noria che si, noria che maconte, no sia ando vare masiare, no sia to corramava to, ne canto requeste, noria coto riavasa, noria mette ma non doria nanto, 
raising the bar and raising the standard. And I've given a challenge. But these folks are awesome. They're amazing. They've fought a good fight. They've weathered the storms. They're going to finish their course with joy. And they're going to finish their course proudly. And they're going to finish their course in faith. But Father, if there's anybody here that doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Oh, my heart's cry. My heart's desire. Hallelujah. My heart's desire, hallelujah, is that everyone be born again. Oh, I want everyone to know that Jesus Christ is his King and his Lord. That's my heart's cry. Because, you know, we can go to heaven poor. We can go to heaven sick. We can go to heaven all messed up in our theology. But we cannot go to heaven without knowing Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. And so we know that we, there's a messed up world out there. We know that we don't know all things, Father. We don't know. We just know that we're endeavoring to teach and to share and to hold up a standard so that you are be magnified and you'll be glorified in everything we do. But as our heads are bowed and our eyes are bowed, if there's anyone here that doesn't know Jesus, they've never made Jesus the Lord of their life. And if you are here and you need Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, just raise your hand real high. I'll pray with you. I'm going to pray for you and with you. God loves you. Hallelujah. I'm pretty sure we're all born again because God usually doesn't speak and share this harsh, not harsh, but this this mature, I'll say, when there's people around. Because God knew you were going to be here. And I'm just the messenger, boy. Don't kill the messenger, okay? Lift up your eyes and look up here at me. Hallelujah. You know, I love you with all of my heart. But we've got to be the church, okay? You know, our prayer team's going to come down here. If you need prayer, you need to just come down for prayer for whatever it is that you may need to do. Hallelujah. Sam, I didn't see you, buddy. I'm sorry. Glory to God. You got something to end us on? Huh? You got something to end us on then? You think? Okay, come on. Grab that microphone right there. I'll turn it on for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I know we've ended it for people to come and get saved, but there's something I believe in my own heart as I'm listening to Pastor this morning. He has given us so much so much that we got to walk on that straight path as he told us to walk on. And we say how he gave us a lot of hows. He gave us a lot of things. But there's one thing that came to my heart when he was speaking into my spirit, man, is that the fact is I have equipped, I have equipped each and every one of you to do the work of the ministry that God has called you in to do. It is not our pastors to put you in that place because God has already put you in that place. And he's equipped us. He's equipped us with all the tools we need to win what he is saying today. Put on, it says, put on in Ephesians the whole armor of God. Put on that armor. Study that armor. You cannot win without that armor on you because it's always, if you take it off and try to win, you lose. But you got to be dressed with that armor. That's the word of God that we are dressed to be in. And when we put that equipment on, be prepared to go out and use it. Let's turn the arrows the other direction when they come towards us. Let not our shield become heavy to carry. We have the Spirit of God inside of us. So I'd say, thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for guiding us, directing us, and following what we heard today. Let us not be hearers only, but let us be doers of what the Word of 
God has said to us today. So the Spirit of the Lord would say, don't go out of here and say, oh, I heard that before. I think we need to hear it before and before and before and get it into our spirit, man, and let your spirit talk to you, not your head. Head knowledge is only so far, but spiritual knowledge takes you the whole route. It paves the way. It paves the way. Oh, there's rocky roads. There's rocky roads. But God has put our put in front of us a pathway. A pathway that he's going to lead us, guide us, and bring us to where he wants us, not where we want to be. Amen. Yes. Thus saith the Lord God. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. Well, we're going to have our prayer team come up. Everybody else just stand up. Praise God. We're going to dismiss you here. I love you. God loves you. You know what? The best is yet to come. And don't let the devil beat you up. Praise God. You just allow God to touch your lives. You guys be blessed.